Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week, the very thorny topic, love or maybe not love, that decision to move in together and what are the implications for you personally, financially? How do you go about doing it? How do you make sure if things go wrong that your assets are protected? Certainly an area that we can't advise on in terms of love, but certainly in terms of managing your money is our cup of tea. So make sure you take plenty of notes on the way through, get past the cynicism and go into this with your eyes open. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful companion, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiel. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Absolute pleasure to be here. And we're covering a fairly interesting topic, uh, especially one that's probably important now with, given there's an economic crisis going on, and that is moving in with your loved one and money. <laughs> Plenty of things to explore. <laughs> They're opposite ends of the scale, I guess. We're going to talk about yeah, one thing from an emotional perspective and the other from the hard-nosed world of money and investing, I guess, which is which is something of a juxtaposition, so it'll be very interesting to see where we go with this. I think we'll get a fair bit of feedback through our Facebook because we're not here to be lovey-dovey, mushy-washy. We're here to be hard-nosed, talk about the money, the fatal flaws, the considerations, all the important stuff. Indeed, indeed. Well, I guess a good place to start is when it comes time to bite that bullet, that decision that people make to move in together. And uh, yeah, what's the rationale for that if we really think about it? And Oftentimes, you, know, you may well be moving in together because you love each other and you've got a, a plan for a future together. And I guess it's a, a try before you buy it without being too cynical. Um, but the other side is obviously economic. You know, you're thinking about paying, um, well, think about the cost of living these days. It's pretty, pretty brutal out there. That ability to have one less lot of rent, you know, you're staying over maybe two or three nights a week. So what's the difference? Here. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just move in together? Groceries consolidated and electric consolidated and all the... You can share your Netflix stuff. subscription. You can share your Netflix subscription. Not great for the share price, but certainly good for <laughs> you bottom line, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, those economic reasons can often drive people into wanting to do that. And look, if there's a saving uh, that you're making along the way, I guess it then frees up some money to do other things with. And I guess we'll explore some of the do's and don'ts as we get into there. But uh, yeah, the economic reason, moving together, it's cheaper. Two people can live uh, cheaper than you know, two people living separately. What particularly would you recommend, say, splitting up? I mean, there's a couple of considerations like bank accounts and things like that, which mm. we'll touch on next. But for the minute, what would you suggest sharing and splitting up and keeping separate? Look, that's a big question, isn't it? And if you're sort of starting on a relationship with somebody and it is a try before you buy, how deep do you really want to go? I mean, are you like pooling all your assets, your super and everything like that, or are you just gradually going into this? And we'd certainly encourage the gradually going into this rather than going all in. And and, and look, this again brings up a, something of a conflict. If you think about where we stand as traders, before we get into a trade, we're always looking at the exit strategy. You know, how are we going to get out of this if it works perfectly, or how are we going to get out of this if it doesn't work? So I guess that's the set of lenses through our DNA that we kind of use. When you apply that to a relationship, it's a little more challenging, and that is, you know, how can you commit to moving in with someone or moving forward in a relationship if half your attention is focused on how do I get out of this if it doesn't work? Well, it's really, really cold, and it's pretty hard-nosed to think about that, but ultimately, for the sake of your money, sometimes having an exit plan can set you up and save you a lot of money. Yep. Needless to say, the whole lawyer, the legal fees and whatnot yep. that go with breakups mm. and all of those things. So. To combat that, let's talk about maybe the, some of the considerations um, to factor in before you actually move in with okay. someone. So, you know, if, you, if you're moving in with someone, some of the things to sort of consider, um, are you getting a new place together? Um, are you moving into the other party's premise? Are they moving into yours? Are you renting? Do you own? And these are really, really important factors to take into consideration as you get started on this. So, you know, if you think about it, if you're gonna go and rent somewhere, are you renting somewhere together, in which case, um, whose name 
is going on the lease. And that's a huge one, uh, particularly, you know, there's going to be a bond involved, whose money is being used for the bond. Um, if you've got past those fundamental steps, say, no, we're going all in, we're doing it together. Okay, that's cool. We put the money in together, you're all good. Uh, what about the utilities? Whose name are they in? And things like that. And I know this sounds really tedious, but it's so, so important to get this right on the front end. Um, because if things do go south, who gets booted out of the apartment or the house? Who gets to stay? Who's on the hook uh, for uh, you know, the bond? You know, let's just say that you're the party that gets moved out. The other party stays there and they turn the place into a meth lab and the landlord's now coming after you for your share of the bond plus the damages that are done. It can get quite messy. Um, you know, things you don't want to think about when you're looking through the rose-colored glasses of, we're in love, let's live together, or in lust more likely, but nonetheless, you know, we're at that stage. Um, you've got to think these things through before you get to the right. Well, I think a lot of people have that unrealistic depiction of what it's like to be moving in. I mean, are you curdling up on the couch every night watching Netflix or are you getting serious about really advancing your relationship? I think mm. there's the lust and then there's also the love component but just considering this for one second is having that chat with your partner about you know what happens if mm. you know who gets what if mm. is that going to put more stress on your relationship look i guess it depends on the type of relationship you have and you know i guess you know my view on that is kind of jaded in a way my wife uh, was a divorce lawyer she was a partner in a law firm poor thing and so I went in eyes open as to exactly um, you know, what I was getting involved with. And, and, and I think it is important to have that kind of conversation, but any good relationship is based on being able to talk about the hard stuff uh, as well as all the fun stuff. It's not just where we're we going for dinner on the weekend. Let's talk about some of the nitty gritty stuff too. Sure. So going back to the mechanics, you know, setting up a household account is probably a pretty good idea where both parties can contribute to it. Again, do you contribute equally? Is it based on your income and so on? And these are, these are the sorts of things that you really want to talk about on the way in so that it becomes easy once you're in. You can just enjoy the experience. But also, if you have to extricate yourself from there, there are some parameters uh, and precedents, I suppose, that have been set in terms of who pays for what. And just a question on that. How do you come to an agreement on that? Because I might say I want to put in X dollars and you might mm. say I want to put in X dollars. You should do this. If you don't agree on something, how do you find a solution? Yeah, I guess you've just got to talk it out. And if you can't agree on that stuff, um, it doesn't really bode too well for your relationship no, going forward, does probably it? probably right. You know, yeah, you've got to get past those minor hurdles. So yeah, let's say you've got through all that. And, 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 and the one proviso on this we haven't talked about is if one party owns a house sure. and the other person is moving in. And we'll talk a bit about that as we get further on through in terms of you know, your exit strategy if it goes wrong. Um, so yeah, what are you going to do with the money that you've saved? I guess that's the next question. I mean, there's plenty of places to put it. Do you go out for dinner mm. uh, an extra night a week? Do you go to the movies or do you maybe get smart and invest it? Well, again, that opens up a whole corridor of doors. And I don't know, this is probably going to be a five-year podcast rather than a five-minute <laughs> one. Um, but you know, if, you, if you're saving money collectively as a household, what are you going to do with that? And you're quite right. Do we spend it on a higher quality of living or perceived quality of living, different restaurants, you know, buy some different clothes? Um, heaven forbid you buy the couple's car. I think that's the... What kind of car is a couple's car? <laughs> that's something I haven't heard before. Don't, don't, don't get me started on this. So a couple's car is an interesting one. You have in mind what you want, the other party have in mind what they want, and neither of you can agree, so you end up buying the thing in the middle that doesn't really suit either of you. So if you wanted a Ferrari and I wanted a Bentley, what do you get in that stage? Look, in that case, and if it's a couple's car, you probably end up with the Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> or something like that. But, you know, it, 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 that, that's something that's a compromise that you see. Um, you know, are you going to go on a holiday uh, overseas, in which case you're going to bust through some of the money that you're saving? So I guess it's important to step back and go, okay, are you moving in to save money or are you moving in to progress your relationship? And if it's to save money, why are you saving the money and what are you going to do with it in a positive way rather than just simply funneling it into lifestyle? Sure. 
And I think that's a really important notion to understand. So segueing that now into some of the mistakes that people make. Yes, they may have some extra cash on the side. They're feeling awfully confident about themselves given their partners pumping their tires up through the yeah. week. What are some of the fatal flaws and pitfalls that we find when couples initially move in together? Okay, well, I mean, everything's hunky-dory while it's going well, just like anything. It's, it's what happens on the, on the exit, the breakup, which is really where the challenges come. And, uh, you know, take, for example, if you've been in a longer-term relationship and, you know, there's a lot of myths out there about, you know, what's, what constitutes a de facto relationship, for example. A de facto is a legal term. is where you're in a committed relationship that's public, that's sexual, and is run for a duration. And people say it's, you know, it's two years. That's not hard and fast, but let's, let's take that as a ballpark figure. And, you know, we're sort of bleeding into the area of family law. And I know we've got a couple of family law experts that are going to be coming in and talking on our podcast uh, in the next few weeks, which is pretty exciting. It's exciting. But, um, yeah, but we're getting into their area of expertise. But let's say you've been together for a couple of years and then you break up. You know, there may be an obligation of spousal maintenance. If there are children involved, there's going to be maintenance for the children. There may be a claim against your assets. So if one party has gone in you know, with substantially more assets than the other, um, the way the court might rule up a, a, a rule out on a, on a breakup is that, okay, well, you've been together for a couple of years, you're in a real relationship, they may have a claim on your super, for example, or a property Brutal. if you own it. So these are, these are things to really consider and be very, very minded of, you know, are your tenants in kind or, you know. And I know a lot of people talk about prenups, which I know you, you have said to me previously, it's kind of not worth the paper it's printed on. Are there any ways to protect yourself and your assets in that situation? It, it does become very, very difficult. You know, maybe if you've got a trust structure, for example, um, they can be used in certain cases. A bloodline trust is a, is a way of asset protection over multiple generations, which is, you know, bloodline, you know, buzz it down through the bloodline sure. as opposed to uh, by marriage. Um, but that's a bigger picture in terms of asset protection. If we're just talking about, uh, you know, John and Joanne bag of donuts that have moved in together, you know, so that's, that's a fairly big undertaking to take before you go and rent your one better in Bondi Junction, you know. So, you know, you've kind of got to put this in the context of the commitment level that you're making in. But, um, you know, if you do break up, having a binding financial agreement is something that may be important. You know, we've split up and, you know, we're done and you get the couch and the TV and I'm going to keep the apartment and you can get, you know, cuddles the, you know, Maltese Shitsu Cross or whatever it is. <laughs> I actually, funnily enough, just a personal anecdote, had a good friend of mine, she's a girl, and uh, I won't mention her name, just broken up with her boyfriend, mm. the whole messy situation, who gets what, and she was most upset the fact that he could have whatever he wanted, just don't take the coffee machine. And I think it gets to that point where, you know, all you want is a coffee machine, but, you know, there's those sentimental gifts that maybe one person bought the other, but it's yours. I mean, how does that, how does that kind of yeah, work? It does start to get very muddy and, and having some clear definition before you go in. That's why I think, you know, setting up, uh, dare I say, a more commercial relationship where you have a joint account that you both pay your dough into that the rent comes out of and the bills get paid for shows the fact that you are both contributing to it and you've put in what you have and you're walking away with what you've put in as opposed to a claim where someone's been supported and, and maybe you find yourself in a position where you're quite vulnerable. It must be a pretty good coffee machine. <laughs> well, just one question. I mean, can you trust your partner too much? That's, I mean, probably a mistake on my part that I've made in other relationships. We all have in times before. Mm. We trust them so much where it almost becomes willy-nilly when it comes to money and things like that. And then that could probably come back to bite you later on. Look, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty loaded question and it's, Massive. A, it's, a, it's a pretty cynical one. Um, I think at some point in time, if you're with someone, you have to trust them. And if you're in a deeper relationship where you've got children, for example, you know, the, the, the mother or father of your kids, that's a lifetime commitment. Sure. So arguing about money when you've got a lifetime commitment with your children, 
you know, kind of puts it into context. That serious stuff money is a, doesn't make doesn't add up to a hill of beans by comparison to to that side of things. So I guess rewinding that somewhat and trying to reframe it. Can you trust someone too much? Can you trust yourself too much sometimes? Yeah, they're all sort of philosophical questions, but at some point in time, you've got to make a commitment. So you're better off doing your work on the front end in your interviewing and screening process, just like finding a trade, <laughs> to make sure that the person that you're with meets the criteria that you're really looking for. And, and talking about, okay, well, if this doesn't work, what are we going to do? Maybe we should change this to Mitch and Andrew's relationship advice broadcast instead yeah. of money and investing. Yeah, there are a lot of different chapters to that one. <laughs> a few different chapters, but you know, at some point in time, if you're in a committed relationship, you're in a committed relationship. Sure. And, you know, that's a that's a heavy thing to get into, and uh, we might keep that for our family lawyer uh, when they come in and talk to us about that. It's you know, exciting. The bottom line is be aware of asset protection, particularly if one of you is going in asset heavy and the other one isn't. It's massively, massively important to get that taken care of, and we can put you in the right direction of people that can assist in that. Um, if you're not really going in with that much in the way of assets, it's kind of an ambit point. But you sure. know, if one of you is substantially better off financially, then it's probably something that you do want to have a look at, lest you find yourself you know, on the wrong end of a, a maintenance claim. And that's not gender-based. Yeah, and the rules, it's a really fluid area. Family law is very tricky. And it's, you know, and it's irrespective of gender now. Now we're in where the legal system is caught up with society and we've got same-sex relationships and things like that. You know, it really is a very, very messy area to get into. So you're better off getting it laid out properly up front but uh, contribute together into a, a shared account and run the expenses if it's a rental. If you already own, then yeah, you have a pretty good idea on what you're gonna do if things go wrong. Sure, okay, well, we are coming to the end of the broadcast, mm -hmm. AB. So to finish this on, I'm gonna say a more positive note. Let's just take the case study that you're with someone, you're really building a really positive relationship, everything's happy, you're saving. What do you start to do with your money together, given you've got that extra? Well, again, if it's a joint account and you're saving money together, then uh, I think your investments should be uh, in that space too. And that's relatively easy if they're cash assets like stocks and shares, which is our space, or, or other more liquid things. But if you're buying a, a, an investment property together, that does become rather tricky if things go wrong again. So, you know, it will be guided by the type of asset that you're in. But you know, if you have long-term plans together and, and, and you're planning on staying together and, and you're saving together, then buying those assets in joint names is one way of doing it. Alternatively, you know, you can buy them on trust in a trust structure and you're both shareholders of that trust and if it goes wrong you can keep the asset and pay the other party out sure and, and again that's an area that you probably want to get some advice on if you if you're going into it at that stage again you know you're moving into your one better try and save a hundred bucks a week um, you know going through asset protection and structuring is is, is beyond um, you know probably where you need to be but if you're coming in from the other end of the equation and and again particularly if it's a second marriage for example or, 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 or something in that sort of space yeah it can be really tricky I think two brains are better than one. So if you can get that equation right, then obviously, you know, all the more power to you because, you know, you combine finances and you've got all the more firepower to do some good. The key message, I think, more than anything, Mitch, is be very aware of what you're getting involved in. And, and things can creep up on you. So oh, yeah, I've been living together for a couple of years, it's all going pretty well, then it goes wrong. All of a sudden there's a claim against your assets, you're super, you gotta pay maintenance. And again, if there are children involved, that's a, that's a different matter. And again, you know, that's outside of the money and investing space. If you've elected to have children together, that's a lifelong commitment. So step up and strap a set on if you've gone in that space. You're gonna to have to go with what you've done there. You know, you can't have the fun without the bill at the end of it, so to speak. And you know, the the bottom line is, if you've chosen to have kids together, expect to be on the receiving end of having to support them if you choose to split up. And that's your obligation as a parent. And you know, it's something I believe in wholeheartedly. You know, so. me too. Look, AB, thank you very much for that piece of advice. That was a pretty fun broadcast, but it's also quite informative as well. And look, for anyone who's young getting yeah. into it, great piece of advice. 
Yeah, I don't think we should be in the dating and, and, and love advice space. We're probably too cynical for that. <laughs> um, but you know, our duty of care is to our clients and their money. And, you know, and, and as I say, more than anything, understanding the money game and understanding the risks around that, particularly in terms of your asset protection, I can't stress enough. And, and having this kind of conversation on the front end, sobering as it may be, it may act as a very good filter that stops you taking that next step if it's the wrong one anyway, or if it's the wrong person. Uh, at least you've had that sort of ability to cut it early and not dig yourself into a bigger hole. There you go, relationship advice from two cynics. Thanks very much, AB. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, great advice out there, and I'm sure our viewers will get plenty out of that. Always a pleasure, Mitch, no problem. Cheers. So there you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and make sure you keep your eyes open. Very serious area. Make sure you look after your money. Chat soon.